Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Great to be with you at nine minutes after eight on this Friday morning. It's Friday the 13th. Dun, dun, dun. Nothing more on that. Just decided to make that statement. It used to feel like a bigger deal, like we got excited about Friday the 13th, or maybe we just got old. Didn't matter. Too much other Something things going on in the world about. now. It's Friday the 13th. We're too distracted by yes. way too many other things. I wanted to start with this. If I were to invent a dress code for our workplace or any other, it would start with something along the lines of, at the very least, you need to appear to have gotten dressed. (laughs) (laughs) How do you mean? That always makes you laugh. But, like, let's start there. Like, are there there people at your workplace? And I don't know, a lot of folks have different jobs who might be listening right now. But there are people, I bet you, you can think of them right now at your workplace where it's like, did you even put on clothes or did you just roll out the rack? (laughs) And maybe COVID's made it worse, but I definitely think across the board for many companies, as places have sort of, you know, it started with the casual Friday, and then it became, well, we're, you know, a little bit more casual, and then it just sort of became acceptable that people, like, don't even look like at some point that they got dressed for work. I'll take you one further. So, you know how occasionally at schools, whether it's high school or middle school, they'll have theme weeks, yeah, right? Like homecoming week, they'll do okay. uh, PJ day, yeah, yeah, right. know, cowboy day or whatever, 60s day or whatever. They had PJ Day at my kid's high school earlier this year, and he went to school in normal clothes. And I said, oh, what? Not doing PJs today? He's like, nah. He's like, yeah, it's PJ Day anyway, every day. <laughs> the kids, no doubt. <laughs> it's right? every day's PJ Day. Right. Well, and so we started talking about this because there was this debate in Waukesha. The school board was considering, actually, they were... What they ultimately agreed upon for dress code of teachers was less stringent than they were looking at initially. They right? pulled back, right. The The initial policy would have prohibited a lots of things. Jeans, sneakers, tennis shoes, leggings, T-shirts, but they did revise that. Tennis shoes is a tough one right now in terms of dress code because more and more people, you're even seeing guys, particularly like if you watch a lot of sports, you know, your sideline crew or your... You guys out on Sunday night football, football night in America, you got, you know, Rodney's out there in a suit, but then like kind of tennis shoes, expensive tennis shoes, or more sort of tennis shoe-like, sort of semi-dressy. That'd be a tough one. Part of that could be fashion, but I think feet are important, man. I'm never wearing uncomfortable shoes again. I don't care where I'm at. Sorry. (laughs) Right. You won't wear the 10-inch heels anymore? No. Nope. Not going to do the spikes anymore. No more so I, I think there were things within the dress code that, right, were, were worth revisiting. But to set a dress code at all for teachers or any profession, I think is entirely within the realm and, and acceptable of any employer. You ought to be able to set that standard. And I'm sorry, sadly, like it seems like more employers may need a refresher on this. And as, as we sort of just sort of gotten more casual in workplaces all across our area. Why does it matter? I, for me, I, I don't know. I just... I guess that's a fair question, but doesn't it bug you when you see someone who you feel is like really underdressed and you feel like, man, you should have got dressed for work? Doesn't bug me as much as if they're not doing their job and I'm relying on them for something. All right. Yeah, that's cool. I think, you know, a boss or, you know, management ought to have a a standard of professionalism. I think it projects professionalism. If you want to take it into school, you know, and I, I have a lot of teachers in my family and a lot of friends because of that. And I know teachers who would sometimes say, they were embarrassed by the manner in which their colleagues dressed. 
I've and seen that too. I've especially that. as teachers, many of them continue to fight to be, as they say, we want to be treated like the professionals that we are. And, you know, people come in and bark at us and people treat us like babysitters of their kids and we're professionals and all that. That's fine. But then if the guy next door to you is in ripped up jeans and a t-shirt with shoes that he mowed the lawn in, that doesn't help your cause. There have been times when I've been surprised. I remember doing a couple of stories at just different local elementary schools over the years, like 10 years ago, even like a while back and being surprised at how some of the folks are dressed in the classroom. I was like, Oh, really? Cause that's not how we grew up. Obviously. Right. Our teachers were more dressed up. My dad wore a tie to work every day. But, you know, like when I was a kid, I remember when he was teaching high school, he but was like a tie it, and a jacket. Does it and that, matter? And that slid over the years. I guess, you know, does it matter? Does it matter if, I mean, if a, I'd rather have a really, really good teacher that engages my kids and is thought provoking and, and gets them thinking critically and, and, and being smart with the way they're figuring out whatever it is they're learning than coming in with a tie on. If I had to choose one or the other. Sure, but why do you have to choose one or the other? Shouldn't that, like any workplace, be able to set a standard for professionalism that starts with your appearance? And that includes the clothes that you wear. And again, I'm I'm with you. Denim denim has changed over the years. I remember my mom just outlawed denim for church or if you were going to a restaurant or whatever. I'm into adulthood. My wife and I were first married and we were going out to, you know, a restaurant. She's like, well, I'm going to wear these jeans or these guys will probably wear jeans. I'm like, you can't wear jeans to a nice restaurant. She's like, you can now. You can wear nice <laughs> jeans and a sport coat or whatever and nice shoes. Like, you can still look right. So denim has changed over the years. Sure. And I, right. You want to wear tennis shoes? That's fine. I think just the standard of professionalism, whether in school or any any workplace, the employers well within their right. In fact, I'd encourage them to set some sort of standard. What do you expect people to look like around here? Commence primary ignition. Old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. 855-616-1620. How about you? The casual workplace, much, much better. Why do we care? What does it matter what people wear to work? Or should more employers tighten that up a little bit and have people dressed more professionally? And I prefer as a, as a client, as a customer of some business, when people are dressed professionally. 815 on Wisconsin's Morning News, 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talk and text line. Eighteen minutes after eight o'clock on Wisconsin's Morning News this Friday morning, Greg Pancake Hill is producing the program. Eric Bilstead and Vince Vitrano with you, and we're talking about uh, dress code at work. I'd like to see workplaces, and this came from the situation in Waukesha where they're debating what the dress code is appropriate for teachers. But I carried out to other businesses as well. I'd like to see more businesses tighten it up a little bit. I think it's too lax. And I challenged you, I know. asking you What's why. It matter? Why does it matter if productivity is fine? I think an employer has a, a duty to present a professional workplace. And that, that can mean different things. Like somebody texted in on the old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. You know, that their dress, where was the one? Uh, the one with the chinos and the here it is. Uh, I'm a manager. I call my dress style high school football coach. Chinos, polos, Track jackets. And if that's good for your business where you are, like, do I want to see the guy at Dick's Sporting Goods in a three-piece suit? <laughs> like, no, I wouldn't expect him to wear a polo and maybe some athletic stuff. My my wife and her sister run a gym. 
they wear branded stuff, but they is that different though? But, right. So what what what's appropriate for your workplace? Right. I admit I struggle like now that I wear what I call civilian clothes. I wore a suit for twenty years, and I don't. <laughs> Not that I want to wear a suit here every day, but like dressing down is, for you. <laughs> is really hard for me. First of all, one, because I don't care. I really could care less about fashion. You probably could guess that by looking at me. I don't like the, the outfits I'm rolling out in. I feel like I dress like a dork today. Yeah, a little, got a do hint, of, hint of nerdlinger in there. I do, don't I? Right? I got a button down. I do. I got a button down shirt and like a sweater vest and khakis. And I'm, I don't like it. From the 414, <laughs> why don't we just let everybody do whatever the heck they want and we'll see how society ends up. It does matter what you wear. Uh, here's one. Women are being executed over ridiculous clothing guidelines in Iran. Perhaps we have more important things to worry about. And then this one. Have you ever been at a big box store and another customer asks you for help because you all look like an employee due to their lax dress code? Yes. All the time, dude. <laughs> Whether it's, you know, here, there, whatever, you know, uh, yeah, can I just ask a question? Sure. How can I help you? And they're like, wait, do you work here? No. I do not. But do I have I'm a name to... tag on? I guess my, my point, and here's one, it says, my husband wears a suit and tie every day, always looks professional. That's, that's great. But I guess my point is, is at what point is that necessary? Where I'll, I'll straight up, I'd rather have three people wearing what they want to wear comfortably and being really productive on my quote-unquote team, then I would need some guy who's not doing anything but looking sharp. You know what I mean? Sure, right, but isn't there a line, like, if that person's, like, in a T-shirt that they look like they slept in? Like, <laughs> No, I'll, I'll give I'm you that, right. About. I'm not talking about everybody has to wear a suit every day. I just mean, like, let's tighten it up a little bit. 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. Ian is on the line from Kenosha. Morning, Ian. Morning, Vince and Eric. How, how are you doing? Uh, well, I'm dressed like a dork today, I think, but I, I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never should open the door because now they're making fun of me, man. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. It, it does matter how you look because people will take you, as, will respect you take, and take you seriously. If you don't dress nicely, you know, like, it, they won't take you seriously. So it does matter. I work for Amazon, and I you don't have to wear Amazon branded branded clothes, Amazon branded pants, vest, and a polo t shirt. And I can wear a sweatshirt over that t shirt because they um, they don't you know because I'm delivering. I'm a d- delivery driver. So, uh, but it, it but I but I have to wear you know Amazon branded vests, or otherwise I'll get in trouble and I'll get sent home or. You know, per yeah. the company policy. But can I challenge you on mm-hmm. something? You said people won't take you seriously. How do you know that? You may not well, take someone else seriously. I may not take Vince seriously if he comes in dressed in a T-shirt. Well, uh, I think it just. I think it's the way. I mean, I mean, it, it's some 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 wor- workplaces um, do care about the way you look, but um, other places don't. But I, uh, but um, but I think it. The, the places that I've worked, they, they've they've had some strict, um, you know, uh, policy, uh, work policy clothes, and I yeah. just decided to well, follow them and obey them, and just uh, you know, not get in trouble for. <laughs> <Don't>, totally <laughs> get it. Totally one. get it. Though that's the right call. Thanks, uh, thanks, Ian, <laughs> and uh, thank you for driving. And I I like what you wear with the Amazon truck. Like you can always identify that worker, and that's good. That's that's more uniform than it is. You, you know, know what? I would love to ask him. Hmm. We keep getting Amazon deliveries for someone else's house at our 
home, like on my okay. stoop. It's a whole different address, different name, everything. The same, and it keeps coming to our but house. But the same wrong address. Yes, and it's like for a lady, like two blocks away. I'm sorry, I should have kept them on there. I'm just curious, like why is that? Why doesn't the delivery driver look at the address <laughs> before they set down the box? Okay. Here's one from the two six. Sorry, I didn't know you you needed us to hijack the topic and just <laughs> taking it to Eric's personal <laughs> delivery the, issues. I am curious. From the two six two, I've done sales for a handful of software companies in the area, and while I hear what Eric is saying the most successful salespeople I've ever worked with have shown up in button-ups or in suit suits, and they've achieved levels of success that the quarter zips never did. Uh, here's one from Steve. I'm close to, reti- uh, to retirement, have witnessed 40 years of decline in the dress of professionalism in my office. I've always believed smart dress added 10 IQ points. <laughs> I know I feel smarter when I'm dressed nicely. Yeah. I'm not any, I'm the same guy. But even that's me internally, like I feel like, and that's why since I'm a person who always wanted to come in the office, even post COVID or whatever, like I wanted to be coming in. I wanted to go to work and I wanted to get dressed for work. I'm with you. I'm like that too. And I feel like there's like this, I don't know if you, if you hold yourself to a specific standard, then you'll be respected to that same standard. But also I had to assimilate too. Like if I had come in here, if I were still, still insisting on wearing a suit around here, I might actually get bullied. Right. Well, right. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I mean, because they're, yeah. The, especially the guys over on ESPN. You know, can you have, Gabe would have me in a wedgie or something <laughs> like that. Right. What's with Vitrani? I was wearing the suit. He thinks he's better than ooh, us, huh? Ooh, smart ooh. guy. Yes. yes! <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've tried to read some sort of happy medium, which I'm generally failing to do. Uh, let's go to uh, Mike is with us on the line on the casual dress. What do you think, Mike? Good morning, guys. Happy Friday. Hey, good to talk to you. You too. Um, so, you know, my dad wore a suit for his whole work life, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Um, I loved when dress casual came along. When I was in school and I went to public schools, all the teachers wore dress casual. That's 70s, 80s, um, you know, and then, you know, 90s, I guess, as well. But um, I'm a big fan of the dress casual. Um, as long as it's professional, and I think it should be workplace dictated, I don't mind if a, a boss or a company sets dress standards. Um, I think anyone that works in any kind of store should have a logo on their shirt. Um, you know, I'm a territory rep, so I'm always, you know, have my logo on my jacket or my shirt underneath. So uh, I think it's a good thing. That, yeah, thanks, Mike. And that's an, that's an easy one. I'm a big fan of, like, I, if our company provided a uniform, they said every day I need you to wear a 620 WTMJ polo. That's just because you wouldn't have whatever. to think about it anymore. <laughs> love it. That's because you're lazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm uncreative, and I don't care. From the 920. And I'm doing a bad job of coming up with civilian no, clothes. No, I get it. I've worked in healthcare for 35 years. I still do. It's difficult taking the recommendations from a young doctor who wears pajama pants to the clinic, just saying. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, okay, I'll even go there with you on casual. Can, you, can we set the standard as, like I said when we started, you have to at least look like you got dressed today. Had a couple more on that. Um, you know, this is interesting, too. Here's one from the 262. As a longtime high school teacher, I can tell you that students are always better behaved at dances and events that require them to dress up. Might be something to that, too, because the, the schools that have the dress codes or the uniforms, do they have less issues? Are the kids more behaved? There could be something there, there for sure. And I'm hearing a lot of people on the Old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620, Old National Bank, get old. I think the majority are coming down on they... They are noticing it, too, and they don't like it. I think it's a generational thing, though. I think that our age and up, 
are just used to that. That's just what, right? We grew up with that standard. That's true. I'm a realtor. I like to dress a little nicer. Unfortunately, this industry has gotten so lax that there are times when there are other agents showing the same property, and I don't even know which one is the realtor versus which one's the client, <laughs> shorts and flip-flops in the summer. Yeah, yeah, flip-flops. Yeah. That's problematic. <laughs> like, can we at least wear a closed-toe shoe? Again, or like at, you said. At least look like you got dressed. <laughs> 828 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Hey, hey, good looking. What you got cooking? 8.30 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Want to get one more call in here on this because Danny might actually have a pretty interesting story. Danny in Janesville is with us. What, you ruined Casual Friday for everybody, Danny, or what? Yeah, I have that way of doing that. <laughs> what did you do? You know, what can I say? I'm 300 pounds of heavenly joy. You know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a big ball of sunshine. Uh, well, this is a few years back. I had a an office job, and you know, every Friday was a casual Friday, and it's like, okay, whatever. And the only problem I had with it was, you know, they'd have a theme day, so it's like, okay, on Friday, okay, make sure you wear your Hawaiian shirts, and then, oh, this Friday, oh, let's do all you know, casual summer stuff and whatever. So finally on casual summer day, I thought, okay, I'm going to go the extra mile. So I wore a floral print sundress and flats. Um, unfortunately, the boss, well, the boss decided to basically put the kibosh on all that. He said it would have been fine if I had worn heels, but you know, they made my calves <laughs> hurt, so... Thanks, Danny. Send pics <laughs> or don't. Yeah, okay. Like you could take it too far, as Danny did, and ruined it for everyone. Thanks a lot. Theme day is different too. I mean, we were bringing it back to schools. The kids love nothing more than when teachers right. participate in their homecoming week stuff. It's neon day. It's this day. It's whatever. Those still days the, notwithstanding. Still the funniest thing that my high school kid told me when I asked him why he didn't dress up for pajama day is because he said, well, every day is pajama day. Kids are always wearing flannel <laughs> pants to school. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eric mentioned it in the bottom of the hour update, but we want to explore a little bit more on what's going on with President Biden, the accusations against him, and now the appointing of a special prosecutor to investigate the discovery of more classified documents in places that they shouldn't be belonging to President Joe Biden from when he was vice president. Additional documents bearing classification markings were identified in the garage of the president's private residence in Wilmington, Delaware. In the garage. <laughs> what? You had the garage pickup before. <laughs> what, what do you okay, mean? More on that in a second. Attorney General Merrick Garland in his announcement that U.S. Attorney John Lausch of Chicago will lead the probe. Lausch was appointed to the bench by former President Donald Trump, probably a wise move by the AG, saying, look, this is a, we're, we're trying to make this look apolitical. Here's a guy, here's a Trump guy who's going to lead very the investigation. Right? Yada, yada. Yes, the garage. And where exactly <laughs> in the garage, Mr. President? People, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So but anyway. It's in a locked garage. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Do you have a Corvette? <laughs> <laughs> Two drops on the Corvette. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, yeah you yeah, had yeah. a picture of the president posing by the Corvette. So they're not in conjunction <laughs> with this, but he's got this. Well, at first, the first thing we thought was, well, likely the president's garage is different than yours and mine, right? <laughs> Full of kids' bikes and other <laughs> yeah. junk and helmets, like, a bunch of coats, one broken from the shovel, sidewall. the shovel that I currently <laughs> use, right? A lawnmower that's not completely emptied of gas. Uh, so, no. Yeah, that was what I thought. But then I saw some pictures, and there's a picture of him posing with his Corvette. It's a gorgeous car. And in the background, you can see into the garage, and it's, there's like a pile of boxes. There's a lampshade. There's just like stuff. Just like any of like us, would any have. other moron's garage, like all the rest <laughs> yeah. of us, right? Yes. And then so apparently, it's in there maybe somewhere in that pile, classified documents from the U.S. government. Yes. Okay. yes. Bullseye. <laughs> Sitting there with the Corvette. Twice he dropped that. Yes, it's by the Corvette. Just wanted to remind everybody. Noted. Yes, sir. Uh, the president did answer one question, sort of from reporters at that appearance yesterday after the Corvette quip. He then goes into. What appears to be written notes, he's looking down as he reads this, so this must be what they worked out. What are we saying about this? So here's the front end of that. People know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. So I think this is illustrative. The fact that the president and the White House, they are having trouble explaining this because he later then kind of stumbles through even what has been written out for him. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my, and my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center. The Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department they wrote of Justice this was immediately out. Uh, uh, notified. Which one? Hello. And uh, the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So you're going to see. We're going to so see there. all this unfold. I'm confident. Ask some more questions. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know what that means. Yes, yes, thank you. Okay, no, we're cooperating. It's like, what was that? I always had that thought of uh, the interview in Fargo. I'm cooperating here, ma'am. Right. Mr. Lundergaard. Well, that, no, I'm, I'm cooperating. That's the part that, you know, there's a lot of conversation about how it's not similar to the Trump situation. But what's unfortunate about this situation is that first one was in November, then a month after that. And now we're finally hearing about it, thanks to a... What, a CBS report that first broke the story? I think that is a, is a good point, and it's why reporters are continue to dog not only the president, but his press secretary, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, about, okay, fine, you knew about this back in November, and the only reason anybody else knows about it now is because some investigative reporters broke it this week. I think CBS gets credit for mm -hmm. the first report, NBC for the follow-up that there was more stuff, but that was November, didn't tell anybody before the midterm, didn't tell anybody after the midterm in terms of the American public. And then even at that, when the story broke this week that there was at least once these documents discovered in an office could have then come clean and said, yeah, no, it was that and this other time and all of this stuff. Right. But they didn't come clean on that, too. Waited for that to trickle out. It took reporters to break that story. And I am very curious about what exactly are classified documents fine like we we all think the craziest stuff just like when the when it first you know the mar-a-lago stuff we all you know like you think the craziest thing i mean are some of them like literally I, I, we talked about this yesterday is one of them 
a menu. <laughs> like, are, are some of them just like rent time? This is the Chinese joint we right, always where they get just have to from, st- right? Yeah, they just have to stamp all of it. I, and I don't know. I don't not, think that's marked classified. Sim- you know, the fact this that folder, it's in the garage, folder. like, how does it, like, I am so curious how it gets, like, put in one place, driven to someplace else, gets put in a box, left out. Right. I mean, there's reports that some of these classified documents are in a bird cage and a mandarin duck is using them. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. <laughs> More on the mandarin duck in a moment. <laughs> uh, but no, and, and before kidding, anybody you know, claims that we're being partisan here, I have not defended in any degree President Trump having the classified documents that were discovered there or the manner in which he handled that, refusing to turn them over when asked. There were multiple asks of, hey, we have, you have this stuff. And hundreds of we documents. Think it probably doesn't there. belong there. That, now, he wanted, to, he wanted to pick that fight. So I don't defend that, but nor do I defend this. And here's my issue. Again, you got found out, this came out, and you still couldn't find a way to be honest with everybody about everything that's going on. And yet, at the same time, continue to insist, we're being transparent. Here's Karine Jean-Pierre, White House Press Secretary, pressed on that. I'm not going to go beyond what the president say, said, and I'm not going to go beyond what the, the lawyers say. I have to go around. You've asked me about, we, you've asked me, Ed. There's going to be a limit in transparency, public, non-legal transparency, and what can be shared and said by this way. I disagree. There has, I disagree, Ed. There has not been a limit of transparency. So how do you make but it better? Has. <laughs> how do you make it better? Do you show? I mean, I don't think they can, but that's what I want. I just want to see all the documents now. Well, to see what they are. Now it's a legal matter. Now it's being investigated by the Department of Justice, by a special prosecutor. So, okay, fine. Right. There there are legal ramifications here and you don't necessarily need to share all the legalese. But if there's another discovery, if there was another pile of documents somewhere, now would be a good time to let us know about that (laughs) since we're we're being, quote unquote, transparent. Check the Ford or what other car you got in the garage. And by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Yes, we got <laughs> as well as my Corvette. 8.49 on Wisconsin's Morning News. I didn't think this would get... No, let me take that back. I think I did think this was going to get the traction when we started talking about that duck this morning. I just meant it as a one-off. It was interesting. And then people started texting. People literally called. The Mandarin Duck. And you asked for names, though. That's, well, that was that's my... what opened up the door. <laughs> Pandora's I, box blew open. I can't open Pandora's box and then blame the old National Bank talk and text line <laughs> for exploding. Right. It was my fault. So the Mandarin Duck you're referring There's to. There's this right? duck that is not indigenous to the area that has been spotted at South Shore Yacht Club. Wonky Journal Sentinel wrote it up. Uh, TMJ4 had it on, and we talked about it this morning. I'll read to you a little bit from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel report. People are flocking to South Shore Yacht Club Thursday, hoping to see a very rare duck been hanging around there recently. It's a Mandarin duck native to Eastern Asia near China, Japan, and the Koreas. First spotted in the Milwaukee area December 28th. Has been seen on and off since that, according to Ryan Brady, conservation biologist for the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous duck. I'm not a bird watcher or a birder. This is a cool looking duck. But you respect the fit. <laughs> this is this is a cool looking dude. And he is uh, unlikely to be of wild origin, according to the DNR guy quoted in the Journal Sentinel. 
he also described him as handsome and very beautiful. So we started asking people to name the duck, and we've gotten some pretty creative suggestions. Mandy, Yahtzee. Yahtzee, because he's been spotted around the Yacht Club. Duck Norris, one of my favorite humorous ones. Uh, Fiona, Orange, Prince Harry, <laughs> a couple All other kinds. things. But he is cool looking. And then one of our uh, listeners of the show sent in some pictures that were taken by... I don't know if he's a photographer by trade, but a local guy, and he posted them, and she, uh, he or she shared them with us, and we have... Keith is on we the have line. Keith, yep. hang on. i got to find out if... Uh, yes, I've got Keith on the line. Keith, you got me? I got you. Hey, good morning, Keith. Uh, so, friend of yours sent us the beautiful pictures that you took of this duck. Are you, a, are you a photographer? Is that your job, or are you just a hobbyist? No, it's just a hobby since I retired. I walked 7 to 10 miles a day. Uh, through uh, the parks and all that stuff, just getting pictures of whatever, deer, landscape, all that, just uh, for something to do. So, Keith, Vince is, he is certain (laughs) that the Mandarian or the Mandy, whatever you want to call this duck, is like owning owning the flock, like strutting around, peacocking. Knows he's cool looking. Yeah. Knows he's way cooler looking than everybody else on that beach. You've seen the Mandarin duck up close. How's it acting? It, it it holds its own when uh, uh, they're, they're feeding and all that stuff. It'll go after the geese. It goes after uh, the ducks. It lets them know, hey, I got to eat too. So, yeah, it, j- it just feels like uh, it's uh, the king of the ducks. <laughs> Talking with Keith Orchelski, he took some really nice pictures of this Mandarin duck hanging around at South Shore Yacht Club. That's exactly what I thought. I think this duck's walking around going, I'm cooler looking than all of you. I'm the, you know what he is? He's like the foreign exchange student at school that all the yeah. girls immediately like. He's got a cool <laughs> accent. He's good looking. Everybody wants to date him now. Mm. He's got an interesting story. Yeah. Do you know, Keith, are you, are you a, like, do you know stuff about birds? Or, I mean, you mentioned a bunch of wildlife that you take pictures of. Are you, are you what we would call a birder? Uh, it's, well, I do pictures of birds and all that stuff, like the bald eagles and, uh, uh, the ducks, the geese, the hawks. I just love. I just love being out in nature because right now you're talking to me. I'm walking through Grand Park Golf Course oh, uh, awesome. as I'm taking pictures over here. So now, when you one my- Keith, when you ahead. saw the duck, were there others there as well? Because we've heard that it's been drawing it's quite a lot the of attention. Yes, yeah, so there were. Uh, there were about eight people that were there. Some uh, had. They're real cameras, and a lot had their uh, telephone, uh, iPhones, and all that stuff, trying to get pictures of it. There's always one guy who like claims to be more of like the the duck connoisseur. Are you dealing with one of those guys where he's like, "Hey, no, hey, you come uh, yeah. over here, hey, stand back." What he's doing here now is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, with the photographers, we're uh, we're a pretty tight knit group in that, and uh, most of us know each other somehow or another. We run across each other in the, either the park, either in Greenfield Park, Grant, uh, Sheridan, we're all around. So no, we're, we don't act, we don't act like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Keith, uh, you know, your friend shared some of your pictures and we posted gorgeous. them online and you're getting a lot of compliments for your work. So we certainly appreciate it. Thanks so much. I appreciate you calling. You bet. Take care, Keith. So there's Keith, uh, out there. I was going to say he's shooting the duck. That's what we say in the business, shooting. (laughs) He's not shooting the duck. He's taking photographs of the duck. And we did ask this morning for duck pics.
U-C-K, duck picks. <laughs> and if you have any others that you think we should see, 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talk and text line. It was a little inappropriate that Steve came in the studio and asked me to text him some duck pics. <laughs> some awkward duck, and duck uncomfortable picks. duck pics. You said something in that in that uh, in that conversation that, that intrigued me. What was the thing about the foreign exchange student? That felt very personal. What was that about? No, like uh, immediately the foreign exchange student. Like okay, German foreign exchange student. Dear. in school. All the girls love. Uh, did, you get cool did you get dumped accents. because of a foreign exchange student? No, by a girlfriend I just thought, or something? like, no, yeah. I think this duck is uh, walking around. The Mandarin duck is walking around. He's not indigenous to the area. I would think he was. Get, he's getting a lot of attention. Oh, no, he's he owning is. that beach. He he's is own, He's in yeah. charge down there. What were you saying? The peacock, peacocking, peacocking. Yeah, peacocking. I totally believe that. Will I go down and see it? No, because there's all kinds of pictures. I've already seen it. <laughs> so I don't need to go see, need to see it. Right. Not to buzz kill your whole segment. I thought that was some great radio, though. That was fun. And I love the local guys when they, they chime in on that stuff. Yeah. That's living the life. Come on. Everybody loves a good Famous for six minutes. We'll all remember his name probably not more than a couple minutes from now. But, I mean, he had his moments. I love that. And I got duck pics posted all over my Twitter yeah. and Facebook and all that. You just, just like saying and that. Instagram. Just so that doesn't morph into something else when my show starts. Let's just say that. <laughs> you want to end the conversation on yeah. duck picks? U-C-K. Simple as that. 859. Steve's graffiti is next.